You are listening to the Fantasy Joes Podcast, your weekly dose of fun and unique fantasy football talk with a focus on Dynasty. And now, here are the Joes, Will Greenwood, Ryan Livergood, and Jake Patterson. That's right, it's time to fire it up with the Fantasy Joes, Ryan, Jake, Will. Guys, we're at the halfway point of the NFL season and, and beyond the halfway point in our dynasty leagues how is it going so far what's got you pumped did you survive the crazy week nine that we had with just some underwhelming performances and some low scoring yeah i mean i'm I'm here i survived it that's for sure ryan uh it had the i mean there was definitely some snoozers out there and there was some i guess excitement biggest disappointment of week nine was not getting to see a full showcase of magic my white that was yeah. disappointing. Yeah, I think the Joes were all were hoping for a, a big Thursday night performance out of him. I obviously chose. I had a Carolina Reaper, I believe, hot take, hoping that he would be the Thursday night MVP. And uh, of course, that didn't pan out very well when when he got injured very early into the game. But their third string quarterback even had a better performance than Zach Wilson has majority of the season. It's so odd. It's so odd how bad that offense has been with Zach Wilson at the helm. But they beat the Titans. It's the it's it's a great it's a weird NFL season. Yeah, you know, it's crazy. In uh, Scott Fishbowl, just to add some some depth at quarterback, I saw someone drop someone dropped Zach Wilson and uh, Captain Geach and the Shrimp Jack Shooters. So I'm like, I'm gonna pick him up. And so I, I and I have no money left. So I, I picked him up. No one else bothered. And I looked at his scoring at Scott Fishbowl this year. He's he's negative two. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, why did I pick him up? <laughs> That's what I was oh. about to say. Is that he's been a negative player this year. Which yeah. reminds me, in, in a standard league, I think we might have the lowest scoring player in the history of the NFL, Ryan, because I wrote this before the Bears-Steelers game. It was like, Jakeem Grant has negative four points in fantasy this year. Well, he went on to fumble a kickoff. So he is at negative six points for a player that is actually on the field occasionally. That's pretty cool that we all have more points than like an incredible player in the league. Yeah, uh, like an infinitely amount more. Absolutely. Yeah, it's wild. It's wild. Uh, well, let, let's let's look to the future. Let's look to week ten and beyond, and let's get into our players we're discussing from a dynasty perspective. And I love the first name on this list because I think this is a guy that you might see moved in dynasty leagues, and he's an interesting piece. That's James Connor because we well, obviously we just saw him explode, and it, with, with that high ankle sprain, uh, Chase Evans is going to be out for a while. So you've got you got an interesting backfield. You got Connor who looks to be the the guy, um, Kyler Murray still, still injured. And we don't know when he's going to come back. Um, another interesting name, you know, Benjamin, who we'll talk about later, who, you know, we, we, some of us were excited about and, and maybe he'll get an opportunity here. So let's talk about James Connor. It, 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 first of all, guys, is he worth acquiring for a dynasty team that, you know, wants to make, you know, add, add another, maybe you need running back help desperately because he's not expensive. I, I, I don't think, is he, is he worth acquiring? Um, I've seen uh, some people, a lot of people are trying to sell them though. A lot of people know that P- teams that aren't contenders. I've seen a lot of my league chats like James Connors for sale. Um, so what are we doing with James Connor? First of all, I'm out of breath from taking that victory lap on James Connor off season chat. I said, send it. I said, it could be worth third. 
picked him up in a third in that FFPC league. It's James Conner season. Uh, I can either let you go first, Jake, or I have a very, very long monologue about James Conner. No, that's that's all you. You were you called us up in the off season, so this is this is yours. All right. So I've done some quick research here, and uh, I'm, I'm going to get into it here. I mean, obviously, he's increased in value, and he had an absolutely massive week nine. So one, James Conner is RB twenty in points per game right now in PPR. So notable risers that go above him in PPR are there's about like four or five of them. Uh, so let's just say that he's he's. A, you know, a little bit more valuable than the RB20 on points per game. He is RB11 in total points. You got to think nine weeks, one game. That makes a big difference here. The one thing that is nice about this season that was correct is I called out that they had a lot of rushing attempts from inside the five. Uh, James Conner has eight rushing attempts from inside the five with seven touchdowns. Only Jonathan Taylor and Damian Harris have more attempts uh, inside the five or five or in, but less, less tutties. Uh, he has 14 carries inside the 10 with eight tutties. Uh, uh, not really important there. The big thing here is he has 132.5 uh, PPR fantasy points without any bonuses or anything like that. Uh, he has 10 rushing touchdowns and one receiving. So 66 point, uh, 66 of his points are off touchdowns. That's uh, basically like right around 50% of what he's doing. Uh, he only has 10 targets through nine games. He, did, he has caught all of them for 111 yards. So another 21.1 points. Okay. Anyway, uh, the big thing though is this past week, five of those he had five of those catches for 77 yards. So before week nine, he had five catches for 34 yards. Uh, so he I mean, he had 90 or 69 percent of his pass catching fantasy point value come uh, in week nine, which is just it's just an absolute boom game. Uh, and when we're in week nine, you know, you can kind of look at the rankings and how things are going with the player. Anyway, you're, you've totally benefited from ha- having James Conner on the roster. Uh, James, he's 24th in the league with 50.4 rushing yards per, per game. Uh, for, so he has like, you know, uh, 45.4 points off this. So 21% of his total rushing points or rushing yards came in week nine again. So we don't have a lot of yards per game. Don't have a lot, a lot of catches per game besides week nine. Uh, and his touchdown numbers are astronomical. Long story short, 30% of his total fantasy PPR points came in week nine at 40.3. If you bought low this offseason, you've gotten your benefit. Uh, and now with this Edmonds injury, I think now is more of the time to capitalize on moving on from James Conner than it is to try to ride him for the rest of the season. It's like a bell cow. Like, this is a he's a he, he had a fully guaranteed contract. This is a one year rental. Uh, he is, I believe, 26. I didn't write it down here. So he, he might have some future potential, but at this point, let's just take a quick look at what we could get uh, in some dynasty trade calculator, you know, you know, matchups. So, one, if you could uh, a late first in the, in the calculator there in a PPR super flex, not tight in premium is 13.5 to James Conner's 13 now. So just a, just a little bit, but maybe you can find a team that's like willing to do that and move on from it. Uh, so if you did uh, James Conner plus a mid-second round, it comes pretty close to what Cam Akers' value is in there. It's 15 to 15.2. Plus like second for Etienne, it's 13 to 13.2. Uh, James Conner straight up for Michael Thomas is nine. <laughs> uh, it's nine to 7.3. 
uh, or some sort of package for a uke, or maybe get like a deal where there's an appreciated asset like Zach Wilson. Like long story short, I should have recapped after I went through all the, the points and what he's doing. Uh, we've this is James Conner's peak in value. Maybe 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 it goes a little bit higher, but right now is is a, a big time to sell. So then I also went and looked up some trades that involved James Conner specifically in twelve team Superflex PPR leagues. Uh, at this point, a 2022 second and a 2023 second for James Conner. Uh, Etienne and Her- Herndon for Conner and Landry. That was a 1.2 or 1.25 PPR league. So it's a little bit different, but I would easily take that Etienne side. Uh, this is the kind of deal that I'd want to seek out. It's the Justin Jefferson for Conner, Mark Andrews, and a 2022 second. Getting that kind of elite dynasty asset. Uh, for you know kind of a person who's peaking again in their fantasy value and then we can talk about the last trade but what are you guys thoughts so far about this whole monologue um i i love that you did call this in the off season for one and you pretty much hit the nail on the head with that he was going to be the main goal line back there in arizona and just how power high powered that offense is that's a piece of that offense that you're going to want right um, and that's like, he was valuable in fantasy before this injury to Chase Edmonds, um, this high ankle injury. So if you're telling me that he's like, he has a floor of an RB two with like the ceiling of like 37 uh, fantasy points in a week, if he does get this pass catcher role, the sky is the limit from, for James Conner for this season. Um, but as a dynasty, as a dynasty buy, you obviously like you kind of alluded to, it's clearly a one-year rental because, I think he's done enough so far to earn being re-signed by Arizona, but that's all speculation, right? They have, they have no legitimate, they don't owe him anything, right? In terms of re-signing a contract for, for an extension there. So his dynasty value come 2022 could be, could be nothing. So completely, completely agree. His ceiling is right now in terms of value. So regardless of contending, um, obviously this a player that's, you would think if you're contending, you would hold, but I I agree with Will that this is you you have to cash out here, or you're going to have a zero at the end of the day. And it's not just that, but there hit the guy behind James Conner. He's talented. Like I I love me some Eno Benjamin. He's a guy that I was trying to stash on the majority of my rosters going into the season just because of James Conner's fragility. I think most people that kind of try to study um, the fragility of players and injury reoccurrence and stuff. James Connors typically like the biggest band-aid boy in the NFL. Um, I'll try to pull it up quick. He uh, just last season, he had multiple injuries, uh, quadriceps, ankle sprain. He had a toe injury this preseason. Um, I, I feel like he's got multiple injuries every single season. So who knows how long he can even maintain this kind of workload for. Um, and then going back to, you know, so I agree if you can get a, if you can get a first form that is an absolute smash, um, if you can get something on top of a second, it's probably more of a realistic deal. And I would definitely go for that. Um, the big deals like Justin Jefferson, if you could pull that off, that would be, that would be magical in my mind. But anyways, um, I want to talk about, uh, you know, Benjamin behind James Conner for a second. His best comparable player is Duke Johnson. Um, obviously a heavy pass catcher in the NFL. So I think, you know, Benjamin, has the skill set that he um, he can do that. He's over 200 pounds, so he's got the size. Um, one thing that I always am reminded of in the back of my mind is a guy that I take pretty um, 
his, the research he does seriously is uh, Drew O on Twitter. I can't, I don't, I'm not going to try to pronounce his last name, but um, he does a lot of analytical type stuff. And back in the day when, you know, Benjamin was a rookie, I remember he had him as a bulletproof prospect. Um, I know that he has changed his process since then because a seventh round pick, I don't think would ever become a bulletproof prospect um, today for him. But at the time he was. So I've always kind of remembered him of like, that's why he kind of was that late bench stash for me. So if he gets that op- some opportunity in that high powered offense, I expect him to um, literally and figuratively run with that opportunity. Right. So if James Conner gets that, the pass catching role, the sky is the limit for him, but he could, he could easily still see that split with a guy named like, uh, you know, Benjamin. So absolutely a sell high candidate. Yeah. I, I don't want to add too much more. I think we all agree that James Conner is a guy to, to, to move on from. Um, he's going up there in age injury history. Um, and, and, you know, his, yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, I, th- I think you move on. And looking at some of the the trade deals, well, the the ones that you shared, and, and looking at the trade f- finder, it seems that a, a lot of deals involve just moving him for a second round pick. And I think if you're getting the second round pick, you're you're winning that that deal at the end of the day. Um, and, and you know, Benjamin, I, I I think you're right, Jake. I think that um, he is is an interesting guy. Um, uh, and hopefully, you've already acquired him or you're stashing him. I don't know if I want to go out and buy him, but if he gets an opportunity, I think I think he's he's just good enough where. He, he's going to benefit you this year, maybe beyond, maybe he's got a role with Arizona in the future. I always worry about guys with seventh round draft capital, but, but he's, he's a decent player. So, well, what are we going to say? Well, it's, uh, what the, one of the big points that I wanted to make is I was going through that, that monologue and kind of forgot it was with Connor. My goal here is to, if he's on your team, do you have somebody else's second that you can move uh, to add to James Connor to get somebody else's first? So, Somebody like you look at future schedules right here and look at somebody's team build and what you actually think that they can do, because this is an opportunity to get the, you know, the, the 108, uh, 109, or maybe even like the, the 107, yeah, let's just go 107 uh, versus the, you know, the 111, which the team thinks they're projected for, which in Superflex makes a pretty massive difference. Cause there's always kind of that cliff and that 107 gets you closer to either being in the, like before the cliff or that you can move up, uh, above the above the cliff, so you're not dangling off. So it's saying using James Conner and, and hope maybe somebody else's second that projects uh, okay right now and maybe you feel stronger about it, or even giving up your own second uh, to that team to move up, you know, six seven or six seven spots in next year's draft because that difference between you know the two hundred four and the you know, that one hundred the one hundred eight one hundred nine is is pretty big come rookie draft time. And if you are a team that you don't feel you have a, a good competitive chance to, to be there at the end, uh, th- these are big moves right now. That's the cheapest you're going to acquire that pick. A deal I saw on Twitter that I kind of love because it uh, obviously means just different situations for different teams, but Terrace Marshall for James Conner. Like if you're in a rebuilding team, obviously you don't need James Conner right now, a guy who's been underperforming as a rookie but has a stellar profile. You might be willing to take the chance on there yeah obviously super team dependent i i also don't have a ton of faith in you know you know benjamin on that side uh he hasn't caught a pass in the nfl he has really small hands i believe if i remember the, his draft pro- profile correctly eight so, and five eighth inches inch hands yes under under nine inches so those are tiny 
<laughs> you knew I would know, right? I had it pulled up. First time I looked at. <laughs> yeah, I, I was impressed how quick you had that. Well, I because I usually go through the list of players Ryan's going to hate because they got uh, small little dinky hands. That's why Ryan loved Najee Harris this year. So the the thing with Eno is the high, you want to buy that high powered offense, but there's not there's just no like there, there's no uh, like like there's no there's there's nothing to substantiate him yet. Uh, I, I I just. Uh, I mean, I know he had a touchdown last week, but that game was was out of hand, and I don't know. I uh, I, I would be – I mean, he's a nice little throw-in and definitely a claim off waivers in Dynasty because that waiver wire is getting pretty thin at this point. So a, a great dart throw. I just – I wouldn't make any deals for him unless it was real dirt cheap. Yeah, agreed. If, 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 yeah, I mean, I, I... – because I think he's going to be too expensive at this point. Because I think some people, like all of a sudden, people have gotten a little bit excited about him after kind of burying him for a while. Um, let's talk about a big name, which is dangerous to talk about because we don't know as of this recording where he's going to sign. And that's Odell Beckham. And the you know latest reports that we saw going to this recording: Saints, Pats, um, Packers. Wasn't the Chiefs one of the names he was thinking about too? I, I thought that's all a blurb. Um, but, but in any event, um, so we don't know where he's going to go. Probably by the time this recording drops late Thursday, early Friday morning, he, he will have signed or there's a chance. So um, does it matter for you guys in terms of when we talked about Beckham, like, you know, trying to acquire him before this news dropped. And, and I think if anything, it's gotten people more excited because the, there, there's that unknown and, and potentially some good landing spots here. Right. Um, if he goes to new Orleans, he's, you know, steps into that wide receiver one role automatically, uh, even though the quarterback play is probably suspect and the offense isn't exactly humming along either. Um, Green Bay with, with Aaron Rodgers, people would be excited about that, but the chiefs, even though they're a little bit down, maybe he's who they need because if you, if you think about what's wrong with the Kansas city offense, it seems like they need a, another, another playmaker, right? Because, you know, it's too easy for teams to, um, you know, focus on the, you know, Kelsey and, and Hill and maybe, Maybe he makes an impact there. Might be interesting. So, what do you what are you guys thinking about Beckham? Is there any actionable like Is he too expensive now that he's a free agent because people are too excited about where he might go, or is it still a guy you can make a play on one way or the other? Yeah, I hope. I mean, he probably won't sign before this is released because, according to most recent rumors, he's still days away. Oh, a is lot he? Of time to co- contemplate days. It's a big decision. Uh, First time he's ever been a free agent. The other like headline right on here too is Russell Wilson is personally recruiting Odell Beckham. Uh, that would kind of tank his fantasy value for the for uh, the near and like the the current production and future production because Tyler Lockett's contract is insane and Metcalf is gonna be there for a while. Uh, I I don't know. I guess you can I wouldn't buy high on this news whatsoever. I've seen people saying on Twitter that Odell is no longer elite because all of the teams passed on him at his current salary. I feel like that's kind of laughable because I feel like Odell wants the power in the situation where he can kind of pick where he wants to go. I don't think Odell was really look like would have taken kindly type of thing or would have accepted just any like Detroit claiming him off waivers type of thing. So I don't think it means anything to his like elite status. If anything, the fact that the Saints, the Pats, the Packers, the Chiefs, these teams are pursuing him so actively, like that should say something that these like top head offices obviously 
want his talent on their roster. Um, I saw on Twitter that uh, I've seen a lot on Twitter um, that there was a gentleman who offered a second round pick for Odell in, in all of his leagues and it was rejected in all of his leagues. So like, you're not going to buy low on Odell at this point. Cause he's all, he's going to have that name factor. Um, maybe if he's, fa- if he face plants, uh, he's, he obviously is going to lose that value dramatically. And at that point, why would you even, you wouldn't be buying for a second, but I don't think people would be, buying for a first at this point either so i think his value is somewhere in between a first and a second maybe it has to be like an, maybe if the second is guaranteed to be early but who really has an early second who's trying to acquire odell at this point um going off on a tangent would you guys add to a second for odell you like would you would you take a second for odell like you, you you're saying he's a sell a sell well where would you draw the line well i just i just don't want to Acquire more Odell. I, I uh, if it's a competing set, I just don't see the point in selling for that for that second because that pick, uh, the chances of that accruing value compared to Odell going up uh, in the next the next year. So, I would just try like trust that we've. The, the, I co- sorry, I don't see him back on his his. He's been like he's been worthless in general for what his dynasty stock is compared to fantasy points produced. Always the past like three years. So, but I still don't get that, that jacked up about like a late second to send Odell away because then you're losing all, all like tangible upside, in my opinion. Okay. So a contender has multiple second round picks and one of them is from a team that is like, there's no chance this team makes the playoffs. So your guarantee is 12 team league, super flex. This pick is anywhere from 201 to 205. Would you take that for Odell? You're, there's no chance this team is making the playoffs. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, the two hundred one sounds sounds kind of nice, but I, after that, it doesn't really. It's so funny. It's like a little uh, like Od- Odell Cliff right there. Uh, so I would. I mean, the thing is too is I would. I, for me, uh, in my gambling side, is I would gamble that Odell is going to be worth slightly more than that when he signs somewhere, uh, especially if it ends up being the Packers. The thing about this year and him clearing waivers is not surprising because he did have a $7 million cap hit and the seller cap went down from last year to this year. Teams have already been doing uh, acrobatics with their cap to try to fit everything in. That's why Gilmore was traded to the Panthers instead of being cut because they, you know, they announced stuff like that. And two, he basically came out and said that he doesn't want to play for uh, a bad team. Yeah. turns out Odell wants to play with a great quarterback on a competing team. And I think there's just a, a better chance that he, if he's on a competing team, that he flashes between now and the end of the year or in the playoffs. And now I can use him as a piece to acquire somebody else. I think a point too, is you should really try to know your league. Like regardless of if Odell pops off, there's a real, like there's leagues that I'm in that I know that I couldn't sell Odell for first regardless, because I feel like they just know better in a sense. Um, so if, if, if there's, if people actively acquire older vets for pushes and things like that, or guys that name value go for, um, high commodities, then like absolutely, then I would hold out. But if you think that this is my only chance to get out, then I would probably flip it for that early second if I thought I could. Yeah. What about uh? What about Odell Beckham for James Conner? I personally still like Odell there, but I I can see the case because you're not getting the league winning upside from Odell. You're getting it from Conner right now. I think it's an interesting proposition. Yeah. Probably a win-win yeah. for teams that would make it. I think we did. We talk about this last week with Cord- uh, Cordell Patterson versus 
Odell Beckham? Because I feel like we that's did. a very we did very similar discussion. Yeah. yeah there, there's one quickly from DLF. Uh, Odell Beckham and Elijah Moore for Marquise Brown. That's oh, kind of, yeah, it's just Elijah Moore over Marquise Brown. Almost like, well, obviously Marquise might be Elijah's ceiling, right? But I, yeah, I think you take Marquise Brown over Elijah Moore uh, eight days out of a week. But you, uh, if you had Connor to that, it's kind of a no-brainer. Was Odell and Elijah for Marquise? I don't know. I, I, we're just finally seeing. Marquise. Oh, true. Sorry. Thank you. Get to his uh, his ceiling. So I would I, take Odell and Elijah more pretty. Yeah, me too. Easily, really. Yeah, I still worry about Marquise Brown. I, I if if he's put together a couple of years of this, but let's. I don't know. I still. I, I still, could. I, could I, I want to see what happens with okay, Bateman so when he gets have, in the mix have, there in Baltimore. You have three years of a mess with Odell, and you have what one good game with Elijah Moore, and you're willing to move that. Like you're willing to say that Marquise Brown's season this year is less representative than those two? Well, Elijah Moore is just scratching the surface. I mean, I mean uh, with quarterback play, I mean, I, it, it's more, it says more about Marquise, how I feel about Marquise Brown than anything else. I mean, and, and I know that Marquise Brown is like number, yeah, wide receiver number seven, but yeah, you know, let, let's just see what happens with, with Baltimore and, and, you know, and with, with Bateman, once he gets in, integrated into the mix, I, I just, I just worry about that personally. Okay, I, I agree with you, Will. It's not it's not running away, the Elijah Moore said, but I I guess I still lean that way just for the sake of I get a like a potential star asset in Elijah Moore who's got plenty of room to grow, and then you have Odell who is uh, like obviously he's not to the same level, but he's probably going to get well. Hopefully, on a new team, he's going to get similar weekly output, if like obviously a few less points per game. Um, than Marquise Brown there, but yeah, because that's the thing. I think I think Elijah Moore and Marquise Brown. If it you know one on one, maybe you take Brown. But when you add the of course the you Beckham, take Brown. When you add the Beckham piece on top of it, then I think it definitely sways it towards the more side. Especially so if you're talking lot- about getting a early second, late first for Odell. If you put that on top of Elijah, like if you're taking, would you take two early seconds for Marquise Brown? Like I feel like that's you put you. Ah. I feel like you would, I, right? I would pay two early seconds right now for Marquise Brown in a heartbeat. Uh, we're, we're finally seeing what a healthy Marquise Brown can do in an offense where Lamar Jackson is th- like throwing the ball a lot more. I was trying to sell like, Marquise Brown you, last offseason, and I couldn't get a second for him. How silly is that? Yeah, and the the thing is, you, you need to pay attention to the offensive progression of the Ravens. And we'll get into this uh, when we talk about Mark Andrews in a little bit. But uh, – I mean, Marquise Brown is he's wide, wide receiver six in PPR in total points and points per game. He's having a great season, an absolute breakout season. And I feel like people are just discounting it because we've had the, you know, the, the couple down years and you need that. I don't know. I, I could be wrong here, but I, I'm buying this high. Yeah, and I, mean, I sold, I, yeah. I sold Marquise Brown and Debo Samuel in a deal for, uh, Anyway, but I sold them when I thought they were at their peaks, and now they've gone even a little bit higher. I sold too soon. I could have yeah, used no, those fans. His game log is pretty insane this year. He's averaging eight, 19 points a game almost. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I know. And, and I listen, I, 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 to me, it's not so much knocking because if you look at the dynasty trade calculator, basically Elijah Moore and Marquis Brent are pretty much equal. Uh, Marquis Brent's a little bit more valuable. I like them both. But... The Jets are terrible. Zach Wilson has looked absolutely awful. 
Yeah, but yeah. Elijah Moore is 21, Brown is 24. So, you know, give it some time. In terms of, you know, uh, physically, they're both undersized receivers. You know, I, I mean, I, I think Brown's faster. But um, anyway, um, before we move on, though, just, just one thing. And, Will, you, you kind of touched on it with Odell Beckham Jr. And, Jake, you mentioned, you know, Odell Beckham Jr. and elite in the same sentence. Let's just remember that the last time he was truly elite was 2016 when he was a wide receiver one. He missed 20, a lot of time in 2017, came back in 2018, was a wide receiver two, wide receiver three, 2019 with Cleveland in the last two years have, have been just pretty bad. So I just, you know, remember he's 29 years old. I, 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 I so I, I want to get that early second round pick at the end of the day um, because I, I just, I don't know. I just think the odds are m- much more likely that he's, essentially washed and is not really going to give you much on your dynasty team versus him coming in and just blowing up. You know, I just, I think that's a, a, a very unlikely scenario. So, so give me that younger asset that, you know, I, I, I think now's the time to get out of Beckham. Honestly, I just do. So his connection with Eli Manning uh, hasn't been replicated whatsoever. Uh, Eli and him were on like Eli understood like it reminds me of Michael Crabtree in uh, reception perception back in the day is that Matt Harmon had such a hard job deciding how good uh, he was at running his routes because they were very, they, they weren't like the most natural routes in the world. And I feel like that's very similar to Od- Odell Beckham. And if he can't be on the same page as the quarterback, which he hasn't been since Eli Manning and him departed, it's a, uh, you know, you're, you're really banking on a marriage developing quickly, which, which totally could happen. But uh, it's it's just tough to it's at this point I'm in for the Odell Beckham upside. So if I have him, I'm not selling low because I mean I feel like it's a pretty low risk not to sell him. But in going to acquire him when it's a for a player again like Marquis like guys we this is a this is a Marquise Brown massive breakout season. Like even ESPN says that Brown should be uh, considered a wide receiver two going into this week. Uh, at what point in any year? does the wide receiver six overall be considered a wide receiver two going into a matchup against the dolphins? Anyway, I did the put some respect on Marquis Brown's name. No, f- fair uh, enough. Let, let's go ahead Jake. One, one more thought here. I was just saying, we were talking so much about a uh, Marquis Brown's breakout season. Another guy who's kind of broken out this year on the same offense is uh, Mark Andrews. He's always been ranked in the, kind of tight end five range in dynasty tight end, tight end five to seven ish. Um, and this year he's been pretty much tight end one tight end two overall. Um, he's got multiple, he's multiple years younger than the Waller Kittle Kelsey group in dynasty. Um, is he climbing up your rankings? Yeah, I'm ready for this. Absolutely. You want to go first? Well, you want to go first. You should go first Ryan. I got a lot here. Yeah. yeah. No, absolutely. He's, he's climbing up the rankings. He, I, I love Mark Andrews. So he's, first of all, that sweet spot in age of tight ends, 26 years old, the, the primary target in the Baltimore offense. And yeah, if you look at the tight end position from a dynasty perspective, as, as you point out, Jake, the, those, you know, Waller, Kittle, Kelsey group. I, I mean, I mean, I, mean I, I think that Kelsey and Waller in particular are older, you know, Kittle, you got to worry about his durability. I mean, it just keeps coming up the way he plays, um, you know, so you got some other younger guys, but but yeah, I mean, Andrews has, has produced and, you know, I, I pulled this from football guys talking about tight end position. You guys realize that Travis Kelsey has not had a hundred yards and a touchdown in a game since week two. 
that's that's pretty remarkable, right? Because we just kind of thought, you know, well, maybe Kelsey's going to slow down, but I I I, I expected more from him this year. I, I mean, I did not that I expected him to initially maintain his pace from last year. Darren Waller has not had 100 yards receiving since week one. TJ Hawkinson, as much as we like him, hasn't had 100 yards and a touchdown in the game since week one of his rookie season. That's that's wild. So I, what I love about Andrews is that, you know, he's the right age. He is the guy in Baltimore with Lamar Jackson, one of the best quarterbacks in, in the NFL. And, you know, he's the type of guy that can boom and win you a week, you know? So I just, yeah, what's not to like about Mark Andrews? Um, yeah, so for me, he certainly is um, ascending up the charts. And I almost feel, well, uh, th- th- it's, do, are people sleeping on Mark? I know it sounds silly to say that. And maybe, maybe it's ridiculous to the tight end position, but I, I, I kind of get the sense that people aren't as high on Mark Andrews as they should be, but maybe I'm just way off on that. You know, it doesn't seem like he gets a lot of hype. He's putting up the numbers. You're low on Mark Andrews unless he's on your fantasy team because he is piling up the tight end points this year. Uh, so yes, Mark Andrews, I think Jake, to answer your question, I think he does. I think at this point in time, uh, we need to adjust our ranks and move Andrews up to the, the tight end too, behind Pitts. I mean, Pitts has shown enough that uh, he, that at that age and, you know, what, what his skill set is for fantasy is just uh, – it's everything we wanted. It's everything we wanted in Pitts. You're, you're finally on board? You're finally on board the Pitts train with Jake and I? I mean, we were taught, we were splitting hairs when we were on the Pitts <laughs> I know. Train. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, but I mean, I, I would say that in, in general, though, compared to you two, I would if we were going to do like right and wrong here, you two would have been right and I would have been wrong about the pit strain, but if only just slightly. But if you do right and wrong, black and white, uh, I'd be wrong. But Andrews is only 1.1 PPR points per game behind Kelsey in full PPR. And I, it's a, I, I know Kelsey's having like not as great as years last year and that that Kansas City offense definitely looks a little broken. But I still think that that's really big when you look at just like production and how you can look at that moving forward. He's also locked up in Baltimore. Uh, Spotrack has an out for for Andrews in 2024, but it's like a it's one of those outs where it's like it's way it's over 10 million dead cap, like it's just ridiculous. And I also assume barring barring catastrophe, maybe an injury settlement, like he is he is definitely set in this offense. And on top of that, if he ran out the full length of his contract, he'd still only be 29. By the end of it, we're just talking peak tight end years. So another part of this that I, I, I want to mention because I haven't really heard this anywhere is we need to watch how the Baltimore offense is changing. Yes, all their running backs got hurt uh, and they've had to sign uh, the old men off the street minus Adrian Peterson. But Lamar Jackson is on a 16 game pace of 532 pass attempts. Uh, I used a 16 game because we want to compare it to previous year stats and kind of how it's changing. So we'll, we'll adjust as we move into the future, but that puts him for 131 more attempts over his previous career high. Uh, that, that, that's pretty good for a running back. This doesn't make the other part of this though, is this doesn't make Baltimore a pass happy offense by any means. So 532 passing attempts, let's just say that's their team total would have been 24th in the league last season, but that's still a good jump up uh, from 32nd from what they were uh, last year right now they're 18th in past steps per game and this is just like it's just it's just such a good jump for this passing offense the overall team is seventh in points per game this year and they're still first in rushing yards per game this offense is evolving the their the, lamar is becoming better as a passer his completion percentage is slightly higher but he's he's you know he's not 
basically like they're, they're not running the ball as much. Andrews is a key point of this passing game and we're watching the evolution of this. So long story short, yes, Mark Andrews should be your tight end too. Okay. I'm going to play some devil's advocate here. I'm a, I'm a huge Mark Andrews fan and he's, he has done well this year. Like he has been a big surprise to me. Um, I think it was one of you mentioned that if you have Mark Andrews, you love, you love it so far. And I mean, I agree, but I, I kind of also disagree. Like I'm looking at one league now, I believe it's half point PPR week one, three and a half points, week two, eight, eight point two, thirteen, nine, thirty six, 36, a massive week, 15 and then six, six. He has, he has more games under 10 points than over like five to three. So he has been a little inconsistent that 36 point week definitely, uh, helps him out like steadily. Um, you have a, you have a guy right below him in Mike Gusecki that if you took out that week one goose egg, he has similar points per game output and doesn't get nearly the recognition of like Mark Andrews has been getting right now. Um, and then that offense that we're talking about, it's been increasing in that in passing like crazy this year, but um, how, like how is that arbitrage or can we really take that as truth going forward? Um, because going into the season, everyone was worried about this passing game offense for good reason, right? Like they, they're a running game. Like that is their number. If they had the choice, they would be a running team, right? Like they lost JK Dobbins and Gus Edwards very, very early into the year. And they had no choice, but to switch their philosophy a bit. And they haven't had Rashad Bateman, who is a top draft pick for majority of the season. They're just trying, they're just integrating him into the offense now. So come next year when you have a healthy running back core you have Bateman more integrated um, are you going to see those attempts way down are you going to see an even more volatile Mark Andrews where he's like he's only got three good games this this year and a good game I'm saying 13 13 points or more he's only got three of them that 36 point week is uh that's it's helping him way more than you can so if you, if you can get 102 or dynasty uh dynasty tight end to value for him I think that's a cash out opportunity um because he has shown more than I think people would expect this year and there was so many many doubts so if those doubts have subsided for people I would I would take that and cash in a little bit but I I I agree with you he is in that prime age and you're trading him in his prime and his contract is great he's going to be on this offense for a while and it's a great offense so I don't I don't hate Andrews by any means I I love him I think he's a top five guy but if you can get if you can get tight end too like I don't I don't mind selling for that. If I could, if I could add to Andrews and get pits, like, yes, yes, please. That, that's uh, yeah. That's I, I don't think you could do that because Pitts hype is going to still yeah, soaring through the roof. Uh, and are you moving? Cause the Kelsey owner is going to move Andrews for Kelsey straight up, especially because it's almost guaranteed that Kelsey owner is a competitor and doesn't want to do it. You don't want to move Andrews for Waller. Uh, do you want Andrews for Hawkinson? Like the time, the thing is, about the tight end two yeah, values, the tight end landscape is rough. Uh, and, and I get that he had, like, he's very similar to James Conner in that sense that, like, he has a lot of PPR points in one game. But we, I talked about this offseason. You have to be ready for variance in a team in the way that they're going to work. The Ravens are still leading the league in rushing yards per game. Their offense isn't changed that much. It's a slight tweak, but that has a massive effect on the receiving numbers. Having Bateman and Brown in there, uh, is good is good for the like the tight end overall when it comes to pass coverage and what they're doing. So if you have the best rushing game in the league, uh, two great wide receivers, and now an elite tight end, you want a tight end on a high powered offense. And I will 
eat the down weeks with Mark Andrews easily because that's the tight end position where you can get the boom weeks. He's young, he's healthy, he's locked in, and he has a, a good quarterback. The Dolphins are a mess. Kaseki might not even be on that team, uh, you know, going forward. And he, we like, I, I agree though that Kaseki has a good amount of upside. Like, don't don't short sell on Kaseki. But Andrews has been a, t- a top five or six tight end uh, the past two years going into this. So when when do we just accept it and put him at tight end too? Yeah, the, the best point there is just the tight end landscape sucks. It is very it's putrid. So the top guys, they, there's a big there is a big gap there for me. So um, them versus like Mark Andrews versus placements is a is a pretty massive gap. Even though tight end is so streamable, right? But there's just value to not having to worry about streaming, just being able to start a guy like Mark Andrews and then close your eyes pretty much weekly, right? So um, guys like that definitely have value. I and I, I love Mark Andrews. I just wanted to kind of play both sides. No, I think, I think it's totally fair. And I, I love your point, Jake, about the, the Ravens. They had to become more passing oriented this season because of the devastation of their backfield. Right. So, so what do they look like next year? But, but Waller is the, you know, primary pass catcher. I don't think that changes. And, and he's an interesting guy. And yeah, just like in the tight end position, there is a lot of volatility with most of these guys and it's, uh, it's ugly. It's, it's, it's really ugly. And, um, I, yeah, yeah Sorry, it, I'd, be, I'd be shocked if Waller doesn't pass Andrews to end the year, just based on how that Raiders offense looks. Yeah. And it's, there's some weird, like, you know, what's weird about this tight end position, looking at some of the touchdown numbers, Waller, Waller's only got two touchdowns. I think that's, that's going to, um, you know, go up dramatically the, the second part of the year, Kyle Pitts, man, once he starts scoring touchdowns and I think it's going to happen, he's going to, he's going to climb up the, um, you know, the, the, he, I think he still could finish as a top three tight end this year because he's only got one touchdown catch. I think, I think he's going to get some, some touchdowns. Um, you know, Andrews it, only it, has three. Yeah, no, that's true. And Andrews is a guy that can score touchdowns and bunches as well. So and we'll t- just transition to our next guy. And we've kind of already talked about him a little bit. Mike Kosecki, he's only got two and he's performing at an incredible pace. So I think he deserves a lot more credit than he's getting this year. Um, he's only got one year left on his deal, and he's going to be an unrestricted free agent. So he could obviously see a change in scenario, or he could see um, he could easily be resigned by Miami. Who knows if that's the best case for him or not? But what I see out of Mike Kosecki is just an uber uber athletic tight end, um, like to the Mike fan, uh, to the Fant uh, Pitts level uh, archetype, right? So, and what Ryan said for the the exact age you're looking for at a tight end. Um, he's 26 years old and just, he's, he's got the makeup of the, the athleticism and he's absolutely showing it on the field, right? Like he, I feel like he's making circus catches week in and week out and he's making them look routine. So I don't know if he's, he's got to be moving up your boards on dynasty as well. I'd expect. Yeah. yeah I, 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 I think I, he's I, under the, it's so under the radar for me. He's, yeah. he's the, uh, wide receiver one on Miami. Like obviously Waddle's getting the targets, but Mike Isecki is like the big guy. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I think he's interesting because of the uncertainty. Cause he's the right age. He's, we know he's super athletic. We remember everyone knows he blew up the combine and maybe he moves on. I mean, it's a little bit risky, but maybe he moves on to a really good situation next year too. Yeah. It's a, it, yeah. The, the Titans are just, after the top ones, like I get excited to talk about Mark Andrews. I should get more excited to talk about Kasicki. 
because of all because of what he's just been producing. But uh, I, I look at like the, the tight end landscape because Kyle Pitts, like Dalton Schultz, Schultz is right behind Mike Gusecki in points per game uh, at 12.2 versus 12.3. And then we have Kyle Pitts, Noah Fant, Dallas Goddard. I like all those guys. Although Noah Fant, uh, starts, like, Noah Fant looks clumsy this year. Have you guys seen that? Like I, I'm a, I'm a little bit worried about that. The you know the you know the Iowa bloodlines really coming out, and then behind that is just like to complete nothingness. I, I think there's something to be said about like if we go, I, we don't have to do this, but if you go through, and I've just sorted like by fantasy points per game scoring. If we went through and looked at all these guys, um, and, and I guess you could say this about any any player in the NFL, but especially the tight end position there are some like, you know, big time concerns with, with so many of these guys. And so I, I think there's a lot of value to, you know, being able to lock in, um, you know, Kyle Pitts or, or, or even, you know, a, a guy like, you know, having Kelsey on your team, even though he's an aging asset and he's, his production is down. He's, st- he's still, you know, you still feel good about rolling him out each week. So there's just so few of them that you look at and you're like, I feel really good about this guy for my dynasty roster, you know, cause, and, and we do this all the time. We get excited about these guys and Gesicki is one of those guys is he's intriguing, but is, is he going to be, you know, like, like Dallas Goddard where, you know, Dallas Goddard has an opportunity, but he still hasn't done anything with it at the end of the day. You know, everyone, everyone's like, Oh, you know, once, once Ertz is out of the way, Goddard's going to explode. And, you know, Who would you rather have? We, we keep making excuses about, about them. Goddard or, or Gesicki? Yeah, mm, I, I feel like Goddard was typically ranked higher in this like preseason, but now you've seen Goddard at tight end twelve and Gasecki at tight end three. So doesn't make a bit like it's only a one point um, points per game average difference, but apparently yeah. it's a significant jump in points for. It's a great, it's a great question, Jake. And I, and I they were back to back in DLF ADP. Yeah, just just tight ends, not overall draft picks. I, I mean, I, I, think... I got to give it to Gasecki. Yeah. Obviously, the situation is more unknown given what's going next year, but I love what we've seen so far this year, and I'd love the athletic profile he has. So. Yeah, it's it's I'm I'm I I don't know. It's I actually really had to think about it because for me they're pretty darn even. Honestly, they're both you know both twenty six, both athletic guys i i so it's 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 tight i think Kaseki versus fant might be becoming more of a conversation obviously fant's got two years younger or two or three years younger but like you said he's he's looked you you've expected a lot more out of fant than what we've seen so far this year so yeah, yeah. it's been a rough it's been a rough ride with fant and he's he's also had some false start penalties uh cecil lamby was talking about it on the audible that no fan. Like he's like he get better to start playing better fundamentals, or he's going to get bench. Yeah, that's worrisome. You don't like as a guy who was can be ranked in top tight end five in dynasty. That's uh, you don't want to see that. That's in my mind. I think he's getting passed by guys like Kaseki, who's at least showing it week in and week out right now. I mean, fans only twenty three though. It's still like young, and he's also very, very, very athletic. Yeah, and that's probably where so, I draw the line. I don't. He's not going to be passed by like the Hunter Henry, Dalt Schultz types for me. Absolutely. What about what about Fryermuth? Oh, I'm um, absolutely. Yeah, he probably is getting passed by Fryermuth. I'm a, a huge uh, Muth fan. So, where's Troutman sitting for you now? Uh, he's falling dramatically. If that wasn't clear enough, he's. I, I alluded to it that he's getting more and more opportunity, 
um, and if Odell doesn't get there, ho- hopefully he sees more with the lack of Michael Thomas all year. Um, should have already been seeing it so far, but uh, yeah. Uh, another 26-year-old, O.G. Howard. What about him for you guys? <laughs> but that's the worry, right? Like that. Fans, David uh, Njoku. His value could plummet like an Njoku, who was also an athletic freak when he was coming out. Yeah, I, I don't know. David Njoku still is a mystery to me. And he had that one game this year where he just, you know, blew up, you know. And, I was going to say, he had the biggest <laughs> sighting game of the season so far. I, I don't know if it was the – I think there have been some bigger ones. I think Waller's week one game was probably bigger. But, yeah, seven for 149 and a touchdown. That's a pretty good week. Waller wasn't even – it was like tight end three week one. Oh, was he? Was it yeah. tight end three? Really? Uh, well, at least what I'm looking at right now is Hawkins at a point two points more than him. And oh, he did have a good start, didn't he? Yeah, him. that's right. Oh, that's and Gronkowski had a 25. Oh, that's right. That Gronk. Yeah, I mean Gronk started off so hot, and he's been injured ever since week four. I well, I mean, he had a injury to was his lung, a slight tear, but he got a little tore all shot, came back on the field that game, and has been out since. Yeah. Uh, okay, should we move on from the tight end talk? I mean, it's yes. always fun to talk about. It, I mean, but... we could talk about Donald Do- Donald Parham. He's got three touchdowns, same amount as Mark Andrews. We could. Yeah, just pieces on that offense. We talked about Donald Parham a few weeks ago, and I feel like what we talked about still ranks true, where just pieces on that offense, especially him, like a, tight, a touchdown threat. You want him, especially if you're league format. Uh if he's boosted by that or some best ball format where you don't have to start him weekly or you're just streaming tight end. So yeah, let's move on. Let's Let, move forever be hurt because he's six, eight, two thirty seven, And everybody's gonna be like, that's not big enough for a tight end. He's gotta be bigger by now. And sorry, no, no clay pool, no juju. It's a, uh, it's moose season, baby. Well, I love the next name on our, our list guys. Uh, LaVisca Chenault. Um, and, and I don't know put this on the show sheet, but someone wrote panic question <laughs> mark. I, I totally wrote that. Like, you, you, everyone knows that I am a huge LaVisca Chanel fan, if not the biggest, but he hasn't broke a hundred yards yet this season. He, I feel like he's leaning more on the four target end more often than he's hitting the nine target spectrum. And this is a season where DJ Chark is out, Travis Etienne is out. Like this should be all systems go for LaVisca Chanel. And it's, it's worrisome, but it, obviously that's kind of the whole Jags offense as a whole right now. Yeah, that that is the whole Jags offense as a as a whole um, right now. So, but but yeah, I mean, I don't know. To, to me, it seems like he is, um, you know, maybe worth you know inquiring about because you know there are probably teams that have him on their roster and are like, yeah, you know, he's not really helping me. And you know, if he hasn't if he hasn't done it now, what what are the odds he's going to have a breakout in his third year? So, what do you what do you think, Will, about, about Chenault? Well, he hasn't had a 100-yard receiving game through his entire career, it looks like. He had a 99-yard one against Cincinnati, uh, but no touchdowns this year. His snap percentages are a little bit odd, but I'm not, I'm not overly worried about it. I, I mean, he should probably be in the field for every play right now for the Jaguars. He also hasn't had uh, the same amount of, like, like rushing stats that you wanted out of LaVisca Schnell. Like, that first game of the year, it seemed like he was involved in every play. But what this, to me, what this all boils down to is the Jags only have eight passing touchdowns through eight games. That is, that is just bad. That's just, just bad. As a team, they're averaging 16 and a half points per game. Uh, and that's with three touchdowns from special teams and defense. So assuming those extra points were made on those touchdowns, that's 
seven five points per game. That's under two offensive touchdowns and extra points per game for the Jags. Plain and simple, uh, this is a bad team. The offense is, is run poorly. I know Trevor Lawrence has made mistakes. Uh, it has you know hasn't listed his lead, but it is the situation for him to succeed in has been just absolutely terrible. I mean, DJ Shark has two touchdowns, which makes him the second uh, leading receiver, or like the, he's the behind Marvin Jones and touchdowns on the team. Uh, Dan Arnold is soaking up a, a whole ton of targets because any great offense runs through a tight end that you traded a first round quarterback yeah. for. Quarterback for it's this whole team is just insane, and the fact that they beat the Bills is is complete like. There's got it. Like the Bills must have gone out and partied so hard the night before that they that they were just very 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 off. But anyway, the the Jaguars don't score points. They have a lot of uh, intriguing young assets in the sense of like Chenault and uh, I think Robinson's still intriguing and Etienne and of course touchdown Jesus. But uh, right now this is a uh, I don't know. This is the like maybe the it's just the worst offense to watch in the NFL. So in general, I'm not I'm not panicking because uh, I wasn't as high as you were coming this this year, Jake. So I would I would take Chenault in the trade if I had him. I would just hold him because I wasn't expecting to start in the season. Yeah, I I think he's a hold and not. But also, I want to say I don't think necessarily he's a guy that I want to run acquire either because I, I don't I think it's a bad bet to bet on a you know a, a second year wide receiver that you know is producing as little as he is, you know, the, those guys don't usually pan out for you, but. So a move that I would definitely consider making if I'm in my rookie draft 2022 and I'm in the second round and this rookie class is supposed to be as good. And I don't know who I want to pick. If someone wants that, if someone wants to give me LaVisca Chanel for that, like a second round pick on the clock in the upcoming rookie draft, like, yes, please. If there's any moves like that to buy low, um, I'm here for, like, I, I, I definitely feel the fears, but I can't be the only one. Right. So it's definitely an opportunity to acquire low because I have preached about his talent and I will, I will continue to, right? Like I remember a tweet. I I want to say it was Brian McDowell, but I could, could be way off about this, that like his player comparables, like on a high end is AJ Brown on a middle end was Debo Samuel, Debo Samuel. And on the low end was Cordell Patterson. And then if you're, if you're looking at that mid season right now, he's destined for superstardom no matter what. So like the archetype, the archetype that he has is usually succeeds in the NFL, and his talent is like we we've talked about it so much that um, early second round pick, two hundred twenty seven pounds. Like the guy's a freak of nature, super fast. Like ran a two five eight with I want to say a uh, pulled hamstring or whatever. Right, guy's good. So I think it is just a matter of time where it's kind of like an Elijah Moore situation where the talent is there, just the situation is just so messed up and hard to succeed given the situation so hopefully, hopefully give it some time and they can figure it out but it might be easier yeah. than done. My, my only comment on that is uh i would i would be more like if if you like the, we still have a long season to go and the jaguars have had their bye coming back uh from england if i think that i would move a second round pick come the end of the season for chanel if he continues this pace i would move it right now because i think his potential for uh, doing a lot better the second half of the season than what it's been now is higher than him just continuing this mediocre pace throughout the rest of the season. Uh, and so I would, I would gamble on the value to just acquire a little bit more. I mean, you see 
there's there's on like quickly on DLF, you know, in a in a 12 team super flex PPR league, uh, Chenault went for Taysom Hill, probably because somebody has quarterback needs. Like if you can no capitalize, if you can capitalize on somebody else's need where you can get a player like Lavisca Chenault. Uh, got, it's I'm so, a, sorry. It's a good upside risk. I'm still taking Lavisca over Odell, CPAT, um, James Conner, like all of the guys we've talked about so far. Like he's still a 23 old, 23 year old young wide receiver with lots of potential, right? So he's not he's not dead yet. What, what do you think, Will? Send in some of those Odell Beckham shares of yours uh, for some Lavisca Chenault if you can get it. I mean, they're basically the same player. No. <laughs> but like five years younger, six years younger. That's the age alone. Um, it's like. So I actually think I would. I would take Visco over Odell. Uh, and and Connor and, and like it, it, Patterson. It, it kind of breaks my heart sure. with Odell. Like I, I want to hang on to it, but I really like Lavisca Chenault. I just wasn't expecting big things coming into the season because the wide receivers are are a fickle bunch. Uh, I would take Lavisca over James Connor. Although I think you might be able to get some sugar on top of that at this point. Um, and then over, yeah, Cordero, like Cordero was a 31 year old running back at this point. Uh, yeah. Like that's, <laughs> this should all be a no brainer. I understand when now assets have, have some value, but. I, I, I like the idea of moving a, a like a James Conner, Odell Beckham type for a LaVisca Chanel. I don't, I don't like the idea of trading a draft pick for him, but, but I love the idea of trading like these aging assets. And I think, I think that you could get done maybe easily in some leagues if someone really has a need, right? So shall we, shall we move on to, um, let, let you maybe can trade, you can trade Elijah Moore for LaVisca Chanel and Marquise Brown. Let's go. Oh, let's, yeah. Let's move on to Elijah Moore. Maybe we start to go a little more rapid fire here. Um, oh, I, I was going to, we can talk about Elijah Moore. That's fine. I, I, the transition seems nice. So Elijah Moore to a little beautiful. show sheet. Yeah. It was one behind on our, on our list. So let's, right. let's bring him up. Yeah, let's bring him up. So uh, uh, he was the, I think, overall wide receiver one, wasn't he, in week nine? Uh, with You know, he went seven for 84 and two touchdowns. Um, he'll have Mike White back as a starter this week. He's named starter today. So is, is, this, is this where he's going to take off? I, 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 what I, I'm thinking with Elijah Moore is that I'm excited about his future. However, I feel that this could be, kind of like what Rondell Moore did to us earlier this season. Was it week two or three were more boomed and he just really hasn't put up big numbers ever since. And, and another guy that has an exciting future, I think. So I don't know that you want to, if you, if you're excited about more and, and you haven't acquired him as his values as diminished during the season, I don't know. Now's the time to go out and buy him. Cause I, I, I think he's still going to struggle more often than he's going to blow up. So I'm, I'm wondering if he's going to have a bad week. And uh, and maybe have a couple of bad weeks, and then you could get him for what you could have a week ago. I don't know. That's what I'm thinking. I could be wrong on that. Maybe he blows up, and if you don't get him now, you'll never be able to get him this cheap. I don't know. What do you guys maybe think? Zach Wilson comes comes back in and ruins everything. <laughs> yeah, it's weird that hit Zach Wilson coming back isn't like what we want in this situation. It is weird. I think uh, I think it's important that we see like these glimpses like this out of Elijah Moore, just the like further proof that the talent is there. Um, like the if would did anyone predict wide receiver one for Elijah Moore um, with Mike White? Like that should have been my my hot. How supposed to take? Yeah, yeah, that would that should have been it. We would I would have been dancing like crazy, but 
yeah, it's important to see these glimpses. Uh, when you have Mike White at the helm, even Zach Wilson might even be more of a question mark than Mike White, which is crazy. Um, it's hard to get too, too excited. But, again, we, we just want to see it. I could, I've, he's, he's still a hold, similar to LaVisca. Well, I'm dying to hear what you what you think about Elijah well, it Moore. Just, it, it just depends what what can what like what what can you get for him? Is, for is everybody head. really is everybody really freaking out over Elijah Moore's performance last week? Would you uh, sell? Would you sell him for a first? I, I mean, I think so because I think if I, I if it's a, a rebuilding team or I bet you you can get that. Doing, I bet you could get more for that first round pick come rookie draft time. You could probably trade it right back for Elijah Moore and. You just kind of have a, a held asset that won't won't lose value. I I know for a fact in many I'm in many leagues that I could sell Elijah Moore for a first in just because he's a he's a hot commodity to player people right like I know lots of owners that just truther for Elijah and love him right so and he's still young so he's pretty much cashing in a draft pick just cashing it in a year later right I would do it it's yeah. just it's just a matter that you're paying for a Jets player. Yeah, and I, I wouldn't blame somebody for doing that. I just don't it, people were playing the, more the, in the, the beginning offseason. of the season though, even aesthetically was just so awful. I mean, he in you know, having two touchdowns and 82 yards is a, is a nice little boom game, but it, it wasn't uh, it, it was his offseason I mean, hype was just crazy. Yeah, it, it just isn't it, it isn't what it hasn't been a, like it's yeah, it's not consistent enough production. It's on a team that we don't know that quarterback. I don't know. I just, I just don't really like that. Like, I'd rather take the insulated asset in that aspect. All right. So, so what if he strings together, just hypothetically speaking, what if he strings together a couple of more good games? Um, you know, maybe maybe not quite, you know, two touchdowns every game, but, you know, 75 and a touchdown this week, he comes back with, you know, 85 and a touchdown the next week. If he starts showing out regardless of his situation, like with Mike White at quarterback or the QB three or whoever it is, like absolute wheels up for Elijah Moore. And it won't even be just be glimpses at that point. It will be because face planning as a rookie, like matters to people, right? Like that is definitely worrisome. So if he does show out given his situation, that's, it's going to mean something. Yeah. Give, give me like a, you know, like 140 yards and no touchdowns for a, like a, a really big boom performance or something like that. I mean, he still is only, he hasn't played over a six, like he's played, he played 60% of the snaps last week and early in the season, he was on the field the whole time. And then he did get a little bit banged up, but like still that it's just a, uh, he's very highly variable right now. And I, I like Elijah Moore as a prospect. Like I think as we were talking about it with that first round pick, like Odell Beckham and Elijah Moore, I would take Elijah Moore. Like I'd, I'd like that upside better than Odell Beckham's at this point, especially for uh, the, the kind of roll of the dice and the future. Like you have so many years to regret that deal with Elijah Moore. Then you only have like a few with uh, Odell Beckham. You're not going to get more for, for, for if you're Beckham owner. You're not gonna, no one's going to send you Elijah Moore for Beckham. There's no way yeah. it's not happening. I was just saying, because well, I was struggling with that, like, 201 versus 202 <laughs> for Beckham. And I was like, oh, I'll take any first for a lot more. Yeah. So that's kind well, of where it's coming from there. That's cool. Let, let's go rapid fire here. We'll go rapid fire. We got uh, six guys to mention. First one is Dalvin Cook. Will, you want to lead off on this one quickly? Because that's apparently all the buzz up in your neck of the woods about this domestic abuse 
accusations against him. Yeah, it's it's just a complete mess. It's everywhere here in Minnesota. Uh, I personally, if I don't think this will have any effect on his dynasty value or his production for fantasy. Uh, it I I don't know whether or not to feel bad for him. I want to wait till the rest of the results come out, but it is definitely an absolute complete mess. I just at this point, if somebody were willing to sell Dalvin Cook at a discount, I would probably take it. But I mean his ADP is so high for his age. I don't know. So anyway, yeah, I would take a discount, but I, I, I don't think anything's going to change. Uh, uh, yeah. Jake, I, I think he was a hard enough guy to move before the snooze came out. Uh, like I, it seems like I've always tried to move him in the few leagues that I have him, and it just doesn't happen. And now it's only going to get harder. I guess maybe this is a buying opportunity, but I just, I just wouldn't, I just wouldn't touch him. Um, uh, because of his age and injury history and now this looming. So what were your thoughts? I was pretty shocked when Will said that it doesn't change his uh, value at all. Cause like, absolutely it does. Um, off field concerns like that. That's a concern on any level, especially dynasty. Right. So um, it looks like it's not going to affect him too much this season. So that is like, that's definitely helpful. But for next season, I think that's definitely worrisome. Um, and if, if you're talking about it, he's already hard to sell. Like I agree that you have to ride it out because I'm never one to sell low. Um, and this would like, this would be a sell low opportunity, but I don't think I buy low in this situation either, because I don't think I want a, like a, an aging running back on a second contract who also has off field concerns. who's had some injury history, et cetera, et cetera. So I just don't think he would be, is going to be worth the price if the price comes down low enough that, it's like a random first round pick for Dalvin cook. Like then yeah, probably I'm going to, I'm going to take Dalvin cook there, but um, I think this means, sorry, I think this probably means something more for like, I think Madison is a buy. Like I think he should be um, sneaky and redraft next year, like moving up best ball uh, drafts. And I said a last, last week and Will said he was out, but I'm a huge Kenny and Wangu fan. And he ran one of the house last week. I think it was like 98 yards. So I'd like wheels up for Kenny in Wangu. It's Kenny Wangu season, guys. I could, I could agree with that. And he also ran a fake punt for a first down. And he's uh, like, what, second game active? Let's go. So, so guys, we'll segue to the next guy on the list. And I'll ask you, uh, Will, Dalvin Cook or Javonta Williams? Okay. Dynasty. Cooper, I love, love that. If I if like I have to place chips on a player that I think will be more valuable next season, uh, I will place my chips on Javante Williams. So you do that? You do that deal? Uh, like I, I don't know about that because current fantasy points matter, and it, de- it depends on your team build and what you're doing. Because uh, again, I is what I said with Dalvin Cook. Like I maybe this just inferior because Dalvin Cook actually like had a, like maybe a restraining order or sued. Uh, the woman in question first before this all came back. So like, this is a potentially a complete like nightmare, like just crazy scenario, crazy people scenario. And I've known enough people with crazy personal stories where they've all kind of turned out uh, in the way that they just, they just ended up, you know, being in a relationship with somebody who was nuts. So, but it also could be absolutely terrible. Anyway, gambling on that. So right now, I would not take that deal because if I have Dalvin Cook, I'm a I'm I have to be a competing team. If I have Dalvin Cook and I'm not a competing team, uh, I've made some big mistakes. So 
this is a no-brainer. Um, before this, these off-season concerns, I was taking Javante Williams over Dalvin Cook. We're talking a five-year age difference at the running back position, like a, a hyper-fragile position. Um, so Will brought up that if you're competitive, you want Dalvin Cook for this season more than Javante Williams. I, I tend to lean that there's no guarantee that Dalvin Cook outscores Javante Williams for the rest of the season. And I feel like there is a guarantee that Javante Williams is probably going to outscore Dalvin Cook for the next like five to 10 years, given like, given just how much life is left um, in their careers. Like five year age difference is a, is a massive gap. Um, And Javante Williams has been amazing this year. Like he has been the one B in that situation and he has been a clear RB two like weekly, which I never expected that. Um, I, I haven't been even, he's just been sitting on my bench being like, fantastic i didn't think he'd have this kind of floor right now and um even if when melvin gordon leaves in 2020 in 2022 because he is an unrestricted free agent even if they bring someone in he's going to be the 1a and his opportunity is going to grow he's someone that they've compared to alvin Kamara, so he's got a potential for similar passing game work like dalvin cook so i think we're talking about the next dalvin cook and if i can pivot to someone without the off-field concerns who's five years younger and who we've only scratched the surface on. Like, I, I love that. And if if you have Dalvin Cook, I would offer him for Javante Williams in every single league that I have Dalvin Cook in. Yeah, so, and if you, if uh, you, he, look, he if had... you look at – well, I'll let you go, but just if you look at fantasy points per game this year, um, Dalvin Cook 15.2, Javante Williams 10.5 in PPR league. So, yes, there's a gap, and, and Dalvin, Dalvin Cook definitely this year is the more valuable asset, but it's not – Enormous, and Jake makes some good points. I mean, Dalvin Cook has outscored Javante Williams in three less games played overall. Dalvin Cook missed some time. Uh, the thing is, also Dalvin Cook hasn't like hit this season yet. His 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 uh, like he's going to have a game with 150 or 175 total yards and two touchdowns coming up. This is like it's been a kind of a sputtering Dalvin Cook season. It hasn't been that absolutely elite dynasty asset that you paid up for. So this is a, I just think you, if you wait, like Javante Williams, unless Melvin Gordon goes down, that offense still is great. They had a surprise game against Dallas, but there, it's not going to be an elite offense where Javante Williams absolutely booms and goes off. Uh, His worst case scenario is that he'll be like Antonio Gibson hard to acquire this off season. But I agree that I get, like, as I said, I would place my chips that Javante Williams will be more valuable in the off season next year than Dalvin Cook, but that's because Dalvin Cook's going to be 27. Uh, and Javante Williams will be just coming into his prime and has looked amazing. Uh, a stable RB2 is if you've – so, Jake, I, I mean, I've had him and started him in leagues. It's not a stable RB2. It's a really rough ride. It's not fun right now uh, having Javante Williams as a starter on your team. It really isn't because uh, you either have to – if you don't have two starting running backs like that you believe will score more points than him, then you have to put him in the flex – this is over wide receiver. Anyway, that the, the, initial, the initial fantasy ride hasn't been great. So I, I wouldn't, that's why I say I wouldn't take it right now, but I also don't disagree, Jake, that the right choice might be just to take that right now, you know? So I'm not, I'm not overly emphatic one way or the other. It just hasn't, I want more from Javante Williams in fantasy points right now. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely a looking, you know, you're, you're not thinking about 2021 for this deal. You're looking at 2022. And I think what I like about a deal like this is like, let, let's say you're not a contender or a middling contender. You got Dalvin Cook. You want to acquire Javante Williams. I, 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 and the, the person that is Javante Williams, they're contending. I, I think a lot of people will take that 
you know, instant gratification and Dalvin cook. And they go to the trade calculator right now. It says Dalvin cook 39.3 Javante Williams, 25.7. It's like, I'm taking this deal. I'm getting the better player and I'm winning this deal big time. But then three months from now it's flipped. And the Javante Williams owner is like, ah, I got out of Dalvin cook and that injury mess. I don't have to worry about that anymore. So, but it, it's an interesting conversation and, and maybe the right answer is to take Dalvin cook. Maybe Dalvin cook leads that person acquires them into a, cha- to a championship. That's what makes dynasty fun. You know, maybe, both owners win because the guy that gets Dalvin cook wins the championship and the guy that gets John Williams wins the next two championships, you know? So anyway, well, this win, win. Uh, maybe like Marquise Brown, Debo Samuel for Javante Williams. <laughs> okay. Rapid fire. Um, next player. This has been a terrible rapid fire. Yeah. It's this. We're, we suck at rapid fire. <laughs> we're going to go faster though. This happens every time. Like rapid fire, just buckle your seatbelts. Saddle up. Okay. Okay, guys. Let's do it. Uh, okay. How about one sentence each on these players? We'll really do rapid fire. Then we're going to get into um, underdog picks week 10 and recap week nine. Okay. Rapid fire. Will's actually stepped away from his computer. I guess he just doesn't we'll like We'll go even faster than that. You and I will go, Jake. Okay. Michael Pittman. One sentence. Go. He's right now, he's the wide receiver 18 overall in points per game. He's been the clear alpha on the Colts. Um, I don't think that's saying much given the wide receiver core of Pascal, T.Y. Hilton. At Jack Doyle, Moali Cox, Naeem Hines catching passes. So there's not much competition there, especially given uh, his size. But I, I fully expect them to bring in more competition there. So I don't really see it as a long-term asset. And I would probably sell given how good he's been. But I'm not sure how many people are buying in on it or like recognizing it. Well, yeah, one sentence on Michael Pittman. Uh, it depends on price. Carson Wentz trusts him. And no, I kidding. Yeah, I, I just think Michael Pittman's fine, but yeah, I, I'm probably with you, Jake. I might consider selling him um, anywhere. Michael anywhere. Pittman or Elijah Moore? Moore. Pittman. Moore. But we just, I love Moore. Okay. Um, Car- Carson Wentz, Jake, go. So the Colts, they're four and five, so clearly not good enough for what they're expecting in the season. Um, they lose a first-round pick if he plays 70% of the snaps. So are they going to want to play Carson Wentz throughout the season? Um, they're, yeah, they're playing. They're highly competitive right now, so I would expect it to be. Who knows how early that first is going to be that they're giving up. Um, I think he's proven so far that he's going to be their QB going forward, especially for 2022. They have an out after that, this, that season, so I can't say much going forward after that, but – I fully would expect him to be there next year. Um, and he's been good. Like he's the QB 14 overall points per game. And that's, that is a surprise to me, especially given um, I think he played pretty poorly the first two weeks and he has excelled, especially given his situation. Like we just talked, I just talked about the lack of pass catchers there. So he has surprised me. Will, Will Carson Wentz thoughts. Uh, yeah. He throws one more touchdown per game than the entire Jaguars team. Yeah, I, I'm just. Is that good? I mean, he it's has pretty low, it's a low bar. Yeah. I, but then an entire team. Yeah, I, I, the thing is, uh, Carson Wentz is still probably pretty cheap, and it's worth the gamble in a superflex league. His upside is still immense. He's hit some rough, patch, rough patches, but uh, yeah, he's I mean, been, I he's, he's incredibly the thing is, unlucky. He's, he's he's worth the risk. If you fail in acquiring Carson Wentz, you probably didn't take your dynasty team. Yeah, what's yeah. Uh, sorry, Jake? Go ahead. I, w- I was just saying he's 
he has been anything but lucky this season and has done really well. So, like I said it before, it just it surprises me. So, I just wanted to reiterate it. Yeah, what's interesting about Wentz is that if you look at his his numbers, I, okay. So, I know you can't really do this, but if you if you throw out the Tennessee game, he's only thrown one interception this year, seventeen touchdowns. He had a rough stretch that the end of that you know the second half of that that Titans game, but you know he he has been solid, and I I think. He's one of those guys. If you need help in Superflex League, I, I, you know, I think you could probably acquire him for a, a decent, a low cost. And, and you're right. Well, I think, well, you just said it. He's not going to break the bank for you or break your team. So, interesting guy to to keep an eye on for sure. For, first round pick. I, I might take Wentz. Yeah, if, if I think yeah, it's going to be late, and I don't think I would have like in the off season. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. Which is yeah. weird to say, but uh, all right, uh, another quarterback, Jordan Love. <laughs> We were really excited to see what he could do last week. I like. I thought there was a there was a chance that they could beat the Chiefs, just given how poorly the Chiefs had played this season. Um, I don't remember if they were my underdog pick or no, nope, they were not. If I had a hot take about it or something, or if I was feeling it, I, I thought there was potential. Um, if anything, I was just super excited to see what he could do. And man, it was he looked he looked awful, like abysmal. Um, and he's had more than a year with that offense, like. I expected so much more and I don't think he showed nearly enough that you would expect the Packers to start him next year, given an Aaron Rodgers departure. Like he's, I don't think he's the answer there. So if you can get like, I don't know how you do it after this game, but if there's any value to be had um, selling, I think I, I would definitely try. Like late second, early would, third or Jordan. Yeah, it's, I'd sell, I would sell low for late seconds or like if that's selling low, but. I would that's try. what that's that's what it seems like he's valued um yeah I, would I, I, I can look at recent trades if i can find any uh will what do you think uh that Wentz trade was based on dlf uh yeah i mean jordan love isn't good i, I don't know how much more we need jordan love well, we were excited about him going into seeing what he could do or at least i was i was i had hope hopes for him and felt like it was worth uh, mentioning just how uh, how bad he was ooh. Jordan Love or Sam Darnold? I was about to say it. Well, um, <laughs> I think I'll take I think I'll take Jordan Love <laughs> and, and just throw up in my mouth a little bit as I click accept on the deal. What about you, Jake? Can I so, get PJ Walker included? <laughs> so I'm taking Sam Darnold. So like Jordan Love is going to get some opportunity to see if he can be the guy again. Like, but Sam that. Darnold, I see could exactly right where at least Sam Darnold I could see having a realistic role as a backup somewhere like I don't see him being out of the league and I don't see Jordan Love being out of the league either but I think I what we're Sam Darnold being more serviceable as a backup what we're forgetting though is that the Packers traded up didn't they trade up the first round pick on Jordan Love they, they've got to they got to give him a chance. They're going to play him next year. He's going to be the starter and he's going to get an opportunity. I, I, I don't think, I think they're too proud that GM has too much at stake with the uh, Aaron Rodgers drama. They, they're going to have to play him. They don't have a choice. See, I, I don't think so with the Packers success that he feels the need to have to play him. This isn't a uh, Matt Nagy fighting for his job type of thing. So, the Packers are going to be successful. They're going to be in the playoffs and they have a potential so, to make a run. If so, they make it to the NFC championship game again, there's no need to like, you could take an L on Jordan Love at that point. You don't go okay. from Aaron Rodgers to Jordan Love. You can't like your uh, fan base. Uh, okay, okay, fine, guys. Then then who who who's the quarterback in Green Bay the next year? Then they sign a free agent. Uh, Andy Dalton. Let's go. 
<laughs> but that's what I'm saying. What are the options? You know, like, is that an attractive destination for somebody? I mean, do, is there a chance that Rogers could come back? Yeah, uh, there's I, obviously a chance. Never say never. Yeah, I mean, it's probably like 55% Rogers is back, right? 45% he's gone. Maybe 51, 49. I'd put it out like, I think it's like 70, 30 he's gone, but I'm probably just more, I've always kind of thought that way. Yeah, I, I kind of feel like he's got one foot out the door. I mean, I feel like he's very committed to this year, but after this year, I think he wants to, who knows, you know, who knows if they're in Rodgers, right? The, the, yeah, the wait till he goes to the Niners and then your coach benches, benches your best players on offense. <laughs> oh man, that would be fun. All right. Um, and well, that was it because Sam Darnold was our last guy. Um, Jake, are you interested in trying to acquire Sam Darnold just as a cheap quarterback? To, you, you, you think he's a backup now at this point, right? After- yeah, no, yeah, exactly. Like he's a Minshew level value in my mind. Yeah. Minshew probably has more value. Wow. Okay. All right. Let's move into um, underdog picks of week 10 and we will recap week nine. So the Joe's had a good week. We had a good week in week nine. Um, I, I made the call, the giants over the Raiders. Um, They pulled it out. Jake called Atlanta over new Orleans, which they, they didn't do it. And will call the Panthers over the Patriots. And that one did not come to fruition. Of course, they were playing Sam Darnold as their quarterback. So, of course, it didn't happen. I will point out I think that Will forgot that who their quarterback was. Will and I were both correct a little bit, given our uh, preview of that game. Um, will mentioned a revenge game from... Yeah, uh, that's true. You did. And I predicted Belichick absolutely demolishing Sam Darnold. And that happened as well. So, I feel like we kind of knocked it out of the park other than will's prediction at the end of the day but and they hit the under yeah and, but that's okay we're, ba- we're batting teams, we're batting the joes or we're, we're 500 on underdog sam, picks for the season that's, Darnold, that's pretty good sam Darnold has more interceptions thrown than the jaguars have touchdown passes thrown so it's going to come up often it's i want to see what you guys think about potentially for a future rule i'm looking at the show sheet and I'm seeing you guys have both picked underdogs who are only favored, well, not favored, by two and a half points. I feel like we should have a rule where it has to be three and over. I feel like well, it's gotta, almost too much of a coin flip when we're talking two and a half point difference. You have to do a half, right? What do you, that's why I, I said, like, three I, and over. Like, the Giants over Raiders this is last hard week enough, This fun. is hard enough as this is, Jake. You want to make it hard? This week was tough. <laughs> this week was tough. That's well, why that's, I wrote yeah. it in the show sheet first. So that I, could yeah, I was gonna them. say you guys beat me too. I couldn't pick the same team, so I, I had two less teams to choose from. So, I mean, you could have chose the same team. I feel you. So I went, I went crazy. I didn't want to go two and a half point dog, but I felt like that was uh-huh. cheap. So I went, I went Jags over the Colts this week, a ten and a half point dogs. The defense showed up last week. They stopped. Josh Allen was able to stop Josh Allen. I like what fumble, <laughs> interception, sack. Like he did everything on the guy. It was fantastic television. Beating them nine to six, or let's say six six to nine. Nice. If the defense can play like that again against like a lesser Colts team, I feel like there's no reason why Lawrence can hopefully do his thing. And like it's possible. So obviously it's an underdog pick. It's not meant to be likely. I, like give me the Jags over the Colts. Ten and a half point dogs. Uh, I, I like the boldness of it. I do worry that. 
Indianapolis has a pretty good defense, maybe not as good as Buffalo. And and they also have this guy, Jonathan Taylor, maybe you've heard of him that I think is going to just run all over the, the Jags. Um, so, so, so we'll see. Um, but I like the boldness, Jake, you, you gotta, you gotta love that. Well, you want to go next? Or you mean to go next? Yeah, I also needed to get on the freaking board uh, at some point here uh, because this has gone very important. I was really hoping for that Panthers upset. And it, at the very start of the game, it looked like there could be an upset brewing. But then uh, Darnold took over the game and really lost it. So with the, the Jags over Colts, I mean, it's, it's at Colts. It's not at Jags. So I, 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 I love the boldness of it. And I hope it, I mean, I hope it happens. It'll be fun. Who cares about the NFC South? So I'm going... Uh, I'm taking the Eagles over the Broncos. Uh, they're a two and a half point dog, uh, and it's at it's at Denver. So Eagles losses have come against the Niners, Cowboys, Chiefs, Bucks, Raiders, and Chargers. That's like a horrible laundry list of losses to have. I mean, maybe the Niners at this point, but the rest of those teams are are, are pretty down, pretty darn good. Uh, they're three and two on the road. They have rushed for 547 yards. That's 182.3 yards per game and seven touchdowns. Uh, that's with and that's without Jalen Hurts rushing for any of those since Lane Johnson has returned. Uh, the three games without Lane Johnson, they only had 104 rushing yards per game and five touchdowns before those were from Hurts scrambles. So anyway, let's, uh, let's go Eagles. Anyway, I, I did a lot of Lane Johnson research on this, and then it came out in like two sentences. <laughs> All right. Eagles going to Denver and be the Broncos. I, I, I like that. I, I, um, yeah, I like I like that call, and, and uh, yeah, I I don't think the Eagles are that great, but I also don't think the the Marcos are necessarily that great either. So it should be a fun maybe, game, no matter what. Maybe an under game. Yeah, I, I almost feel like the Eagles should be favored in this, but I'll I'll give it to you. It's it's literally a pick'em game, which I'm which is fun. Um, I like the I like Jalen Hurts, right? So I give me that his ability to get freaky um, over Teddy Bridgewater and the Broncos. Um. You know, Jalen Hurts is so interesting to me. That's a, that's a side conversation. I, I have a I have a team, guys, where I ha- it's it's fourteen team, it's one QB, and I have Stafford and and, and Hurts, and I never know who to start because they're basically they they they're they score about the same, and I always think Stafford is safer, but Hurts has the running ability. It's a dilemma every week. Um, anyway, good problem to have, I suppose. Hurts is uh, just the, sorry the league that I was using for my positional rankings because uh, it's kind of half point standard league. Jalen Hurts, QB two right now. I know he wow. hasn't played. A, he hasn't played his buy. So points per game, he goes down to the QB six. But still, just that's just... kind of where people like. That's kind of kind of where I expect him just because that rushing ability. But putting him on the tier with Kyler Murray, Herbert, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Tom Brady, he he does not get that respect like in the slightest. No, and, and last couple of weeks have been a little bit dicey for him, but but yeah, up until then, you just rock solid. You could always rely on him to to do well. Um, so I am taking the Raiders over the Chiefs. This game is in Las Vegas. Uh, the Chiefs are two and a half point favorites, and and I I think that is a super interesting betting line. And and I think at the end of the day, I'm going with the Raiders because you know they're at home. It's it's a rivalry game. And I, you know, I, I, you know, what my hubble spicy take, didn't I say that, what was that two weeks ago that the chiefs were going to bounce back on offense? It just hasn't happened yet. So yeah, I, I think that, um, I think the Raiders are going to take it to Kansas city. And I think a lot of people that are thinking Kansas city should be favored are, you know, kind of living in the past, you know, this, this Kansas city team is not the same one that it was last year. So, uh, so go Raiders, man. But against them last week, going from this week. 
I was personally surprised how close that line was. If, like, if you told me preseason that the Week 10 matchup between Raiders and Chiefs would be pretty much a pick em, I'd say, like, well, like, you're crazy. Like, there's there's no way. Chiefs should, like, are the best team in the league. Like, they should be at least a, at least a touchdown favorite, right? So I, that one feels less of a pick em to me just, be, just because I feel like I am living in the past and I think the Chiefs are pretty much still a superpower in the league, even though they haven't proven that at all this year. So I do like the call as an underdog pick with the Raiders. Um, I, I think they lost last week. I could be wrong. So I think they could. Uh, yeah, they lost the Giants. Yeah. So get that right. Gi- yep. Giants won. Yep. And home field, advantage is supposed to be, home field advantage is supposed to be three points. So it's basically saying that the Chiefs are only a 0.5 point favorite on a neutral field. Yeah, that's, uh, a, that's crazy. That's I, b- I believe it's a Sunday night game, and it, that that should be it should be fun. I, I mean, it's, it's so much at stake for both those teams. It's such a huge game. I mean, Kansas City really needs it. Start the car. Yeah, but, but yeah, so so do the the Raiders. So, all right, guys, is it time to move into um, hot, bold, spicy takes for Week Ten. Let's do it. We got a lot of takes. Um, as a reminder, we got five levels. We got banana pepper, the the weak sauce there. Uh, jalapeno, habanero, ghost pepper, and of course the almighty Carolina Reaper. Uh, and I think we got some hot ones in here. Yeah, we so, we only go for Carolina Reapers, so we should probably yeah. just change that whole ranking system at, at this point. Yeah, because 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 even if we don't, and someone says, "Oh, it's habanero," will like, like how ab- how big of a spoonful of Carolina Reaper are we talking? <laughs> Is essentially the new ranking system. Yeah, you know what we should do one of these weeks, since we are we are horrible at, at this, we should actually give like maybe not five levels but like just assign t- our own heat levels of the takes so like here's my banana pepper take here's my jalapeno take and just kind of see if we can get the lower Fair ones enough. right yeah because because we, we swing for the fences too much in the segment but that's why the listeners love it the hot bolt spicy takes so um I, I, actually, I actually don't think my first one is is too too terribly hot it's because it's you know one of the best quarterbacks in the league uh, yeah right. <laughs> the 300 yards and three touchdowns. Terry McLaurin um, hooking up with him for 100 yards and a touchdown. So, the, so Washington puts up some numbers. They have to put some numbers up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So Taylor Heineke 300 yards and three touchdowns with McLaurin getting 100 of those and one touch and a touchdown as well. Yeah, I'm not too worried that Heineke's only ranked like the QB 19 for the week by respected, you know, websites. Is this your, is this your banana pepper take? It's <laughs> making me nervous. I have to. I have to assume he has yet to do that this year. Um, Heineke, anyways. I want to. I want he, to. He 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 has 100. been he has been struggling recently. Yeah. So the Bucks are interesting pass defense because they're they they gave up three hundred or over to uh, Matt Ryan, Dak Prescott. Matt Stafford, uh, Mac Jones hit two seventy five, Jacoby Brissett at two seventy five, and then they hit they hit a Jalen Hurts, uh, Justin Fields, and Trevor Simeon wall. But uh, there there's no way that that Heineke goes for three hundred and three tutties. And the McLaurin with a hundred and a tutty, I, I would love that. But I mean, it's obviously Carolina Reaper because this means that one this is a super <laughs> high scoring game. You're burying the lead, Ryan. They're playing the Bucks. That's right. Like the best defense in the league, pretty much. I don't know if that's factual or not, but yeah, no, that's Carolina Reaper, no doubt. Um, you're 
Heineke had a similar performance against the Falcons. I want to say it was like week four or some, something. And McLaurin had over 100 yards and two touchdowns in that game. So it is possible, but that's against the Atlanta Falcons we're talking, not the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. D- didn't quite get to 300. He get 290, unless he got yeah, a rush. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, no. Well, I assume I assume we're talking all-purpose yards, but... Anyways, uh, it's, it's, the specifically... against the Bucks would be would be very hot. Yes. Okay. Fine. Well, there, oh, there, I... there's your lead-in. So, oh, Jake, all-purpose oh, yards. Oh, I was. This is. Pa- I'll clarify. This is passing yards. Just Even hotter. That's what I was. That's what I was envisioning. Okay, and that that now he'll he'll throw for two sixty and he'll have like forty on the ground, but that's okay. All right, Jake, you're up. So I I brought it up recently when we were talking about Muth season, but Claypool is injured week to week right now. Juju's out for the year. Uh, Eric Ebron is Eric Ebron. I don't I don't know if he's healthy or not. To be honest with you, um, but he's Eric Ebron. Deontay Johnson is going off this week for at least 100 yards and two touchdowns. I want to say he's going to get over 10 targets too. So I want let's say let's say over 10 receptions. So let's add that in there. Yeah, I, I got to assume he's going to get 10 targets. So 10 right? plus 10 or more receptions. Two touchdowns. Yeah. <sighs> if he gets 100 yards, two touchdowns, and nine receptions, I would be very upset. Yeah, I mean, just the parlay there is Carolina Reaper. It's not as hot as Ryan's Heineken take, but we we have like this Carolina Reaper. It starts at like your yeah, regular level. Levels nev- of never want Reaper. this in your mouth to like uh, it burns throughout. It, like it just melts <laughs> your stomach, you know. Like so, I, I, yeah, that, that that's a, that's a massive parlay. Uh, I the thing is, I can see that happening more than the Taylor Heineken. Yeah, it needs a shot to happen. Yeah, I, I, because the thing that it's the parlay that makes it super hot. Because I, I kind of feel that the hundred yards is a pretty good bet. Uh, Ten plus receptions—that's uh, a big number, but I, I can see that. Um, the two touchdowns, though, I think will be a little challenging for for that offense. But but yeah, so Carolina Reaper. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe the the Steelers finally finally get right on offense and put up like sixty points. So I will mention he's only hit a hundred yards once. He has never hit ten receptions like this season, anyways. And he obviously has not got two touchdowns in a game yet. He's got three on the season. But he hasn't played the Lions yet. That's it. With with all of his competition out of the lineup, should have went Friermuth a hundred and a touchdown. Uh, I mean, <laughs> Friermuth a hundred adds more risk, I guess. Uh, so my first hot take of the week, PJ Walker leads the Panthers 10 and a half point dogs to the W, it's hot. uh, over whatever scrub team they're playing. Who even cares? Super hot. Uh, and then DJ Moore is the, uh, PPR wide receiver one. Holy crap. Uh, I think we're off the charts here. Super hot five. <laughs> Carolina Reaper plus, plus, plus for me. Bing, bang, bada, boom. Yeah, that's. Uh, I, think, I think that's more likely than Taylor Heineke throwing for three hundred and three touches and McLaurin get one hundred and ten. Has PJ Walker broken three points this year in his opportunities on the like? He's okay, seen the field and he's done absolutely nothing. So I am like I am very hopeful that he can actually do something like XFL MVP. Okay, I just want to let you know. Last time PJ Walker started, JJ Moore had seven catches for one hundred twenty-seven yards. Uh, sneak pick. Let's go deep dive. Well, 
Yeah, well, that, that, it's gonna be hard to beat that. I, I, I mean, the, the it's that spread is interesting though because well, it's it's at Arizona, but you know the Cardinals I think are gonna be without Kyler Murray unless you guys have heard otherwise. I mean, it's not trending favorably. I think they're gonna rest him. So you know that they'll be going as backup quarterback, good defense. So I feel like but, but DJ Moore the to... PPR one. That's where this is really really hot. Yeah, I feel I feel like that line is kind of set assuming like uh, people who are actually like have millions of dollars on this uh, are assuming Kyler Murray isn't starting. I bet if Kyler Murray's starting, sure. this is like a, a 16 and a half point game. Yeah. All right. We, we all have bonus hobble spicy takes. So let's just kind of go through them quickly. Um, my next one, um, <laughs> Baker Mayfield, 300 yards, three touchdowns. He gets it going against the Patriots. So, cause, cause I think Cleveland's, they're not gonna be able to run because um, well, I mean, I guess, Dernis Johnson, because I think Chubb, you know, if, if he doesn't come back, um, they're going to have to throw the ball. So I think uh, Baker, even though he's broken, he's going to be throwing the ball to his 20 tight ends on that team. Which one's going to perform for fantasy? Your guess is as good as mine. Harrison Bryant seems due, doesn't he? Don't have people's Jones. Let's go. <laughs> Harrison Bryant seems due. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best. Uh, the only quarterback that I think has had a ton of success uh, at the Patriots has been Dak Prescott. Yeah, I'm going to make so, this even hotter. Harrison Bryant, <laughs> one TD reception. <laughs> you know, you had a, you had a ghost pepper, Ryan, but you're adding the Harrison Bryant uh, parlay in there. I'm giving you Carolina Reaper. All right. Woo. You know, uh, Baker Mayfield has tended has has excelled outside of. Baker Mayfield splits. So hopefully he can keep it going without the uh, OBJ. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Well, he's got Harrison Brown. He's been, he's been there. terrible for fantasy. Like um, talking about Carson Wentz earlier with how surprising he's been for fantasy as the QB 14. You got Baker Mayfield over here, like putting over only 20, over 20 points once a season high of 23 and his next highest is 17. Like that is abysmal. Like I had such higher hopes for him, just given how much, how highly I thought of Cleveland's entire team. I mean, Cleveland's leading receiver in yards is David Joker right now. Yeah, that's uh, pathetic. All right, Jake, take hot take, last one. Um, I, I'm kind of going with Ryan here with this following the trend. Where if my first take doesn't go, hopefully this, hopefully my second take, which is along the exact same lines, will go. So if Deontay Johnson doesn't get 100 yards and two touchdowns, Lenny Fournette will. You got Chris uh, Chris Godwin trending out again this week. Um, Gronk is trending out again this week. You have AB still out. So similar rationale for Deontay Johnson where um, I think the game script is just going to lean more run heavy just given the lack of options passing. So either Mike Evans is going to go off, and he probably will too, but I think it's going to be a Lenny Fournette Workhorse games again. I have zero worries about Mr. Ronald Jones. Yeah, I, you know, I, I'm curious to hear what Will thinks about this because I can see Fournette getting a lot of run, especially in the second half. You know, the Bucks get up big and game script, but but you know, the two TDs. That's you know, that's that's where this is interesting. Fournette's projected to be the RB 13 by Football Guys. So, what do you think, Will? Yeah, uh, I mean, it's still Carolina Reaper because it's, it's it's audacious to say that Leonard Fournette's going to have over 100 yards rushing or total yards. 
Um, I'll say rushing simply with the fact he has yet to do it this season, and he has yeah, broken 100 so, total and, yards almost every week. And then with 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 two touchdowns, I mean that's just, I mean it's it's, it's just kind of a, a milk Carolina Reaper. Yeah, it's just barely Carolina Reaper, I think. But it's Carolina Reaper. But that's a, I mean that's that's, that's a very very bold much call. That's pretty and much RB one on the week too. Like, I'm yeah, not going to say that, yeah. but like we're, that's pretty yeah. much what we're talking about. All right, Will. The final hot bolt spicy take. Uh, Bills win by thirty. Who are they playing? Uh, they J-E-T-S, are playing... Jets, Jets, Jets. Thirteen point favorites. Is thirty? <laughs> Is thirty that hot? I don't yeah. know. I just wanted to put it in there. I just think the Bills absolutely dominate this game. 30 is a super After hot. losing never been a line that high. nine to six, they are going to be PO'd. I, I agree they're winning by 30, but when is a lot like how often does that happen in the NFL? So you're still, you're still it's a Carolina Reaper take, but you're just on the, you're on the milk spectrum. So we gave all, all Carolina Reapers. I feel like we got to change our rating system to Carolina Reaper, but like what level of Carolina Reaper? Oh, something right, something, something along those lines. Oh, we got to figure out a better way to phrase it. Let, let's try something new next week, guys. Let's let's do if we remember this, our own like we'll assign our own heat level, and we'll give each give a banana pepper take, and we'll then we'll give a Carolina Reaper take. How's that? And we're, we're not going to assign each other's. We'll just think what we think. Well, we'll, we'll workshop this for sure. Yeah, workshop. Okay, let, let, yeah, it's getting super late. Um, uh, so let's let's quickly do our two minute warning, more like a one minute warning. Any final thoughts? Uh, bye to bye to Javante Williams. Oh. Even if you have to move Davin Cook. Whoa, is, is Will changing his stance the last second on the on the pod? Well, I said I wouldn't hate the deal. I'm just saying, like, I mean, you wouldn't do it. Out. But give me Javante oh, Williams. How much I hate Javante Williams. Give me Javante Williams and Cordell Patterson. For what? Oh, for Cook? Yeah, that's a no yeah. brainer. Yeah, you wouldn't now ask that in the ask that in the future. Who wouldn't take that for a for a domestic abuser? Not like I'm just <laughs> potentially. All right, allegedly, we're we're getting loopy. J- Jake, yeah, sorry, uh, any sorry. final thoughts? No, it's okay. Um, we have our Patreon. You know, uh, I'm going to be updating the dynasty rankings this week. We have a fantastic community where we are bouncing off questions off each other. Um, all getting better. Highly recommend you all check it out. Yeah, and and I'm just gonna say, if you had a rough week nine, I think week ten will be a little bit better. I don't think buys are gonna kill too many people. You know, you got the the bears on buy. If you've been relying on any bears players, then uh, heaven help your fantasy team. Uh, Cincinnati being out's gonna hurt some people, but then you got the Texans and the Giants, and, and Saquon probably wasn't gonna play anyway, so it's not too bad for buys. So we're almost through the this you know the, the buy madness, and uh, yeah, so have, have a good week. It won't be so crazy, hopefully, and. Um, we wish you the best of luck. So with that, we are the fancy Joes. You can find us on Twitter at FF Joes. Will is at fantasy Joe underscore will Jake. Of course, is at takes with Jake. I am at Roto librarian. The, as Jake pointed out the Patreon, um, you can check it out. We release a new podcast almost every week. That's uh, exclusive for Patreon supporters. That's patreon.com says fantasy Joes. So on behalf of Will Greenwood and Jake Patterson, I'm Ryan Livergood and we are Fantasy Jones. Fantasy Jones. Fantasy Jones. Oh, it's so bad. Yeah, it's, I'm tired. <laughs> 
that's the most unenthusiastic uh, in, um, ending ever. It's like, okay. It's okay, we got the time change. It's one a.m. here for me. Like, it should be two a.m. Yeah, we should be sleeping. My dog's right. got a little restless. All right, we're gonna stop the recording here. Sorry for no lack of witty banter at the end. If you if you ain't out for that, we'll we'll do better next week. Good luck this week, everybody. Week ten. Let's go. Bye.